and welcome to the latest episode of Five Rings to Rule Them All. I'm Sid Ziegler. Last week, we talked with former U.S. Ambassador to Germany and Director of National Intelligence, Rick Grinnell. And we talked about what was going on in Iran with the murder of Navid Afkari and human mm-hmm. rights violations for mostly the LGBT community. We focused on that, obviously. I'm LGBTQ. Rick is as well. That's what we focused on. And the, the podcast has gotten a lot of response. And it's been interesting to watch how different people have tackled this issue. And I wanted to address uh, a bunch of it because I think that there, it, is, it is not a simple issue. It is, there's a lot of complication to it. And one of the complications or, you know, topics I want to address right off the top is something raised by uh, my Outsports colleague, Ken Schultz. You know, one of the things that I am most proud of at Outsports is that we have a very long history of allowing people in the LGBTQ sports space to speak their mind. And whether it was just Jim Bozinski and me running the website, or Jim, me, and Sarah Kogod, or Pete Volk, Don Ennis, we have always allowed people to share their perspective. Even when we disagree, we at Outsports have had people write opinion pieces on Outsports literally attacking Outsports. And because Jim and I have always felt, and, and everyone that we've had you help run the website uh, and, and the Outsports brand, is that it's okay to disagree, that our community is a rainbow and we all have different perspectives. And I loved that Ken um, wrote a piece coming after Rick Grinnell and the idea that somebody in and around the Trump administration had standing to criticize Iran. Uh, and, you know, I, I, again, Ken is an incredibly talented writer, talented podcaster. He has a podcast on our network that comes out every Friday called Three Strikes, You're Out. Uh, Ken is a h- hardcore baseball guy. And so I hope you check that out on Fridays. Uh, but Ken's piece, uh, there are a couple pieces that I wanted to address with it. Number one was the idea that Rick Grinnell, a member of the Trump administration, was the person making the arguments about banning Iran. And certainly Rick was making that argument. But my column was written by me. Rick was one small piece of my research for my column for that episode last week. And I, I read pieces from the Human Rights Watch, Amnesty International. I read pieces uh, and, and, and looked at social media feeds from Iranians uh, in, in the United States. And I came to the separate conclusion, uh, well, I, should, I should say I separately came to the conclusion that Rick came to, that it is time for uh, Iran 
to be banned from the Olympic Games. And, and what brings the Olympics into, if you missed last week's episode, what brings the Olympics into the conversation is that Iran recently murdered Navid Afkari, who is a was a, a national champion wrestler in Iran, and he was murdered allegedly for speaking out against the government of Iran. And, and there was a trumped up charge about him killing somebody there is zero corroboration because the people who claim to be eyewitnesses have since recanted, saying that they were coerced. Navid Afkari uh, made an admission. He said he was coerced. Iran has a history of coercing people to admit to things. Uh, and, and so I came to the conclusion between that, between their long history of murdering thousands and thousands of LGBTQ people just for being gay or 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 lesbian um i came to the separate conclusion so i i appreciated ken's perspective that someone in the trump administration may not have perfect standing to make that argument but but my column my op-ed my conclusion was not based uh, exclusively on my conversation with Rick. Rick and I have disagreed on many, many, many things over the years. This one we agree on. Iran should be banned from the Olympic Games. Uh, the other piece that I, I, I also wanted to address, and I saw this across social media, interestingly, mostly from people who either had, um, you know, hashtag resist or lifelong liberal or you know, made it clear that they uh, were to the left of quote-unquote center, is that anyone in the Trump administration doesn't have standing to criticize someone else for their LGBTQ rights because, as I've said many, many, many times, and I agree with this, some of the anti-trans policies that the Trump administration has put out are they're not good. I couldn't agree more. I have, I have personally expressed that to to Rick, um, and and other people, and uh, I I agree that that those are problematic. But the moral create trying to create this moral equivalency between what the Trump administration has done and. LGBTQ rights in Iran is, it, it, it to me, does a disservice to LGBTQ people in Iran because it essentially tells them that their complaints are the same as, uh, as some of us in, in the United States. My, my issues that I, that I deal with from policy perspectives for LGBTQ people, and have since I came out, pale in comparison to the the, the systematic uh, murder by the government of thousands and thousands and thousands of LGBTQ people simply for being gay. Murder, torture, thrown off of buildings, hung in public squares, and they're only crime was that they were gay. There is no comparison between the two. And trying to say that someone in the Trump administration or associated with Donald Trump 
ha- cannot criticize Iran's murder of thousands and thousands of gay people uh, because of uh, the administration's trans policies and, and, and gay policies, a lot of which, again, I disagree with. But trying to make the, a moral equivalency, I, I flatly reject. And so, again, I, I, I appreciate Ken. I, I love his writing. He's so talented. He and I disagree on this. And that's okay. And, and I appreciate uh, him saying that. And he wasn't the only one. He's, you know, he's the one that caught my eye, of course, because it was published on Outsports. Um, but there were many, many, many people that I saw on social media who made the same distinction. The United States is X, Y, or Z, so no one in the United States can criticize Iran for murdering gay people for being gay. So I just, I, I, I flatly uh, I reject that argument. What's been interesting on the flip side since I wrote that op-ed has been to see how much support it's gotten, uh, to see various publications cover the op-ed and my conversation with Rick. The uh, American Jewish Committee has put out a, a petition, an online petition, to get the International Olympic Committee to ban Iran for many of the reasons I laid out, among others. And it's just, it's been, it's been interesting. I'm going to be watching what happens as we, as we move forward, because I think there is, there is a real issue here. The International Olympic Committee said they did not think that this person should be murdered by Iran. And then Iran just thumbed its nose at the IOC and marched forward anyway with a totally illegal improper, incorrect, awful murder. One of the arguments that I've, I've seen uh, kind of against what I wrote, well, I should say uh, against the headline of my piece, not against what I actually wrote, because the people who were, cl- were saying this clearly didn't read what I wrote or listen to the conversation that I had with Rick. One of the arguments was that well, by banning Iran, you are, uh, you are punishing the people, the athletes who have worked so hard to get to the Olympic level, to get to the Olympics. It's important for Iranians to be in the Olympics. Uh, and, and for that reason, you shouldn't ban Iran from the Olympics. Again, as I said in the piece, and uh, as I discussed with Rick, I... I don't think the athletes should be banned. The IOC has a a workaround for this, and it's something that they've used with Russian athletes, that the athletes can compete from Iran, but they compete under the Olympic flag. The Iranian flag is nowhere to be found at the Olympics. The Iranian national anthem is nowhere to be found. The, the athletes do not march into the opening ceremony as Iran. They, they march in as a, a separate individual athletes. The uniform they wear has no connection to Iran. So the, the athletes who are able to, to get to the Olympics, can, can, they, if, they, if you qualify, you can compete. You just can't compete under the Iranian banner. And that, to me, is very appropriate. I, again, as I said in the op-ed, 
I remember talking with Greg Louganis, and he's mentioned this many, many, many times. He's very famous, openly gay, Olympic champion, one of the great Olympic champions of all time. He talked about when the United States boycotted the Olympics in 1980. Greg was poised for an, an Olympic gold medal or two and, and, and winning it in Moscow in the height, at the height of the Cold War. Would have been amazing. Greg was robbed of that opportunity because President Jimmy Carter decided to boycott the Olympics. He decided his athletes were not going to the Olympics. That is completely different from uh, uh, the, the IOC banning the government of Iran and allowing the athletes to compete. That's always Greg's story of the heartbreak of all the work he put in and the heartbreak of not being allowed to compete. That, that's always stuck with me. And so I, I personally support the idea of the government and its symbols being banned, but the athletes being able to compete. Now, I, I, I think there's an issue with, when it comes to team sports. Um, they're not going to represent Team Olympics. And I think maybe team sport athletes would, would face a, a, a problem playing in the Olympics. Uh, because, again, you're not going to have a Team Iran. So they may end up... Uh, without an opportunity. But again, I think that at some point, IOC has to take a stand. Somebody, you know, a, a couple other people actually read what I wrote and they saw that I was advocating for the you know, athletes to compete. And they said that was a too soft, that if you're going to ban Iran, you're going to ban Iran and all its athletes. And again, for, for the reasons I've just said, my conversations with Greg Luganis, knowing how hard it is to, to qualify for the Olympic Games, I just, I, I reject that argument. I, I, I think that if, ask Russia how they felt about having, having, well, have, having zero national presence at the Tokyo Games. Ask them how they feel about that. Even So it's, uh, again, I, I think that you, you have the athletes compete and you don't have the government compete. And I'll tell you one of the reasons in addition to you know my conversations with Greg and, and, and honoring the athletes, one of the beautiful things that the Olympic Games does is it brings the, the world together in, in a geographical space. Obviously, all these countries and athletes are in this one space, and the UN passes a resolution that no war should be fought during this time. And, but for me, one of the interesting things that it does is it allows me the opportunity at times to set aside my nationalism, my patriotism, my love of country, and allows me to cheer for people from other cultures and other places. And over my Olympic fandom over the years, that has been very, very mm -hmm. true. I, I have been introduced to different cultures in different countries by the stories of some of these athletes. Um, Matthew Mitchum, the Australian diver in 2008 who won shocking Olympic gold. I, I will never forget being in a hotel in Washington, D.C. and just hitting refresh every 30 seconds on my computer to follow this Australian diver who was gay and being able to cheer for him from this other country, you know, because he's gay and because of the significance of that, having, having in my head 
the the barriers of of our countries um, and our, our having our borders kind of torn down for a couple of weeks and being and, and yes of course I'm usually cheering for the American but I don't care what American was diving against that Australian I was cheering for that Australian and I've seen that from myself over the years in in many different cases uh, Eric Radford and Megan Dumel in 2018 at the at Winter Olympics, I just wanted them to succeed because Eric is a friend and, and because uh, Eric is gay. And again, having him, um, you know, complete his, I don't know what you call it, not it's not a grand slam. Anyhow, he wanted a, a gold, a silver, and a bronze. And, and seeing him being able to win an Olympic gold, Olympic silver, and Olympic bronze, the trifecta, I don't know what you call it. Uh, was really cool, and and again, that he was a Canadian, and uh, Americans and Canadians have a a love hate relationship. Um, but but again, being able to set that aside and cheer for the Canadian was was really cool. The Jamaican bobsled team when they first arrived on the scene, I think it was 1988, uh, and and you know here were a bunch of guys from Jamaica, completely different culture from what I had grown up in on Cape Cod in New England and being able to cheer for them, like really wanting them to do well. And, you know, the chances of them winning a gold or winning a medal were essentially zero uh, just because they don't have the resources to, to train and, and they just, they just own the resources to compete with a, a Switzerland and even, even probably in the United States uh, at that time in 1988. But again, you know, the, I had, they weren't gay, they weren't out, they, I had no connection to them other than, other than they were so interesting and fun and unique and different that it was great to be able to cheer for them. But probably the biggest one for me was another Jamaican athlete, Usain Bolt, who is, if I'm going to put my Mount Rushmore of Olympians, for me, it would be Carl Lewis, Florence Griffith Joyner, for me, even though he only won one gold medal, I would probably put Matthew Mitchum on there. Uh, and, and the biggest would be Usain Bolt. Usain Bolt is my favorite Olympian because I will never forget watching him run the, 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 the first time he won gold in the 100. And what he did in that race, the time that he put up was so shocking <laughs> and the joy that he brought to the sport and brought to running. He was just, he was a bigger than life figure. And he's literally my favorite Olympian, more than Carl Lewis, more than Florence Griffith Joyner. And, and he's Jamaican. And frankly, in Jamaica, it's illegal to be gay. So he's probably the last person I should want to, want to see succeed. But because of his, his personality and, and his success and just how very good he was. I just found myself cheering for him against the Americans. I didn't want the Americans to beat him. I wanted him to beat the Americans. The reason I talk about all of these, all of these athletes is, the, again, the power of athletes competing against one another to break down the borders. And so having Iranian athletes at the Olympic Games, I think is super important because they meet other people, 
uh, I remember talking to an Olympian, a gay Olympian, who talked about talking with uh, other with Iranian athletes, and just at the at the athletes' village, and just being able to listen to one another and break down those barriers and borders, I think is so important, and I think it I think it does it culturally for viewers, because it has for me. I mean, literally. Two of the two of the examples I cited. It's illegal to be gay in Jamaica, yet there I was, cheering for Jamaicans over Americans. So I just I I, I think the argument that if you don't ban the Iranian athletes, it's some somehow um, you know only a half measure. I think that's wrong. I think it's important to include the athletes uh, and exclude the government and its symbols. So. I, I, I hope you'll be following uh, this story about whether Iran is going to be banned from the Olympics. I think it is a story that is going to continue to build because I think that it is justified. Yes, you can point to various other countries with issues, but this very high-profile murder of a national champion wrestler amidst the incredibly long history dating back to the 70s, of this Iranian regime committing human rights abuses, to me, we can we can have conversations about banning other countries. But right now, to me, because of the murder of Afkari, this is the time to talk about this. So I hope you'll track down the American Jewish Committee's petition that seeks to ban Iran from the Olympic Games, because I, I just think, I, I think this is the time. I think this is the time to do this one thing. And we can talk about all the other things um, in the future. In, in 2000, Afghanistan was banned for its treatment of women. There are lots of places that, that, that mistreat women. But in, at that point, at that time, Afghanistan was, that, that was the action to take. This is the action to take now against Iran in the Olympic Games. Anyhow, I, I, I appreciate you listening this week. Uh, I usually have a guest on. I just had some things to say about this. And again, I do hope that you'll go take a listen to Ken Schultz, Three Strikes, You're Out podcast on Fridays here at the Outsports Podcast Network. Uh, he's incredibly entertaining, very smart, uh, and I just appreciate Ken a lot. Thanks again for listening.